The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Are you ready for operational excellence? Welcome to the Visual Workplace, Work That Makes Sense, where your host and visual workplace expert, Dr. Gwendolyn Galsworth, shares powerful visual principles and practices to optimize your operations and make them safer, faster, better, and far less costly. The Visual Workplace. You can't get to excellence without it. Now, here's Dr. Gwendolyn Galsworth. Hi. Hi, this is Gwendolyn. I'm really thrilled to be with you today. Today's a special day on our show. This is the Visual Workplace, our weekly radio show that explores and celebrates the principles and practices, concepts and tools, methods and strategies, people and results of workplace visuality, creating work that makes sense by letting the workplace speak. Each week, we look at some aspect of that, of how to embed the intelligence of our operational system into the landscape of work through visual devices. This can be in a hospital, can be dry cleaners, open pit mine, discrete manufacturing, continuous flow manufacturing, retail, marketing department, engineering offices. Why do we do this? So we can reap the huge benefits of doing so, the bottom line benefits, the cultural benefits, and the enjoyment of work. So we can finally enjoy work instead of seeing it as drudgery or the way that we have to pay our mortgage. In some of our shows, I simply share what I've learned about the visual workplace as I've researched and codified the field over now nearly 30 years. Or maybe I'll interview a master practitioner, a leader of a company who's implementing visuality as a strategic initiative. I also interview change agents and visual coaches. We have a few of them lined up beginning about March who are implementing visuality thoroughly, thoroughly as part of their conversion process, either before implementing lean or after implementing lean or while implementing lean. Okay, it fits in all places. But in this show, this week, we will announce the winners of the Visual Workplace 10 Doorways Prize, an award that we've developed to recognize and appreciate companies that have applied visuality systematically and widely as an intentional partner in their strategic journeys, their journey to operational excellence. Doesn't matter the venue, any setting. To do so, they had to open what I call many doors, many doorways, the ones that we've been discussing pretty much continuously since last October, the 10 doorways into a visual workplace. But before we announce the winners and describe their remarkable visual achievements, I'd like to tell you about some of the seminars and events that are coming up in the next two or three months that if you are in the neighborhood, I hope you attend. Maybe you can get there. For example, I'm really excited about this one. On February the 15th, I'll be in India. I haven't been there in 15 years. I'll be in India to deliver a keynote for the Kaizen Institute. They're having a conference in Pune, which is just outside of Bombay, the new Mumbai. 
while I'm there, I'll also conduct a visual workplace, visual thinking public seminar on the next day. And then I think I'm doing another one in Bombay the following day, although I may be working with an on-site client. That's coming clear now. India is such a wonderful country. I will have much to report when I get back. A few days later, on February the 20th, I'll begin a week in Australia of seminars. I'll begin a week in Albury, Wodonga. That's a city in Australia. I'm actually going to be in Australia for three weeks. And during that week in Albury, I'll be working with the Hume Network. Hume was this very famous explorer. He explored Australia. (laughs) I'll begin a week of seminars and workshops and on-site consulting. We'll do a visual workplace clinic where companies will present their own case studies for our feedback and troubleshooting and appreciation. We'll do a visual leadership workshop where we tie visual displays, visual metrics, visual problem solving, and visual deployment. Those four, we tie them together and show how these can help supervisors and managers and executives shift from being warriors and expediters and number crunchers to becoming leaders of improvement because that's the transition that we want to make and visual buys us margin so we can actually shift our identity into something higher, some, the hero that we want to be. From there, aha, I go for my birthday, <laughs> isn't that great, on an excursion of something called the Great Ocean Road. Who knows what that is, but it sounds splendid. And then I'll be in Sydney on March the 8th for another visual thinking public seminar under the auspices of Lean Australia and the good leader, his name is Brian Levitin. So I'm really excited about that as well. Back in the United States, a couple of weeks later, LEI, Lean Enterprise Institute, Jim Womack's group, is sponsoring the same visual thinking seminar, but this time in Rhode Island, combined with a visual assessment tour, plant tour of a place called Vibeco Vibrators in Get this, Wyoming, Rhode Island. Isn't that great? Here's this teeny tiny little state, and it has this city called Wyoming. It's like, I don't know, it's like the shrimp eating the whale. It's just such a funny image. In Wyoming, Rhode Island. <laughs> many of you, many of you probably recognize the name of Vibeco because of its legendary owner and leader, Carl Wadenstein. He's a well-known radio and TV personality. He's a personality, complete with a um, pit helmet, not a pit helmet, but a World War II helmet, a, a military helmet, and a cigar. What a wonderful man, and what a wonderful lean leader he is, and I hope I can squeeze in an interview with him and bring it to this show so you can hear about some of the amazing work that he and his team are doing out there. And then I go to England. I mean, what's happening I spent the last six months sitting in my backyard and all of a sudden visual, visuality has, has hit. Maybe it's the radio show, but I'm really pleased because I love spreading the word about this very powerful and important uh, paradigm, the visual workplace. I go to England at the end of April for double hitter. All of this is on our website if you want to track it. For double hitter, two back-to-back seminars plus two plant tours, one of PepsiCo, Continuous process flow and the other of Corin, discrete assembly. Both have begun their visual journeys. They want to go further. And then I go to the Shingo Prize in Jacksonville, Florida to do um, a seminar at their national conference, their awards conference. I also am there to receive the Shingo Research Prize for my book. Uh, uh, my book, Work That Makes Sense. 
operator-led visuality. It won the Shingo Research Prize. I'm very, very pleased. My brother is going to come too. My brother Gary, he's a poet and a plumber. <laughs> he's very interesting. And while I'm there in Florida, I hope to interview Bob Miller, who's the executive director of the prize, so that we can have him on the show. And he'll speak of the tight link between principle-based operational excellence which the Shingo Prize has made the gold standard for operational excellence and the visual workplace. So you'll find all these events on our website, or if they're not there now, they will be very, very shortly, visualworkplace.com, visualworkplace.com. And I also want to remind you that there are podcasts, iTunes podcasts of all of my shows, including this one. So now I'm motor-mouthing because I want to get to What's really exciting about today's show, the Visual Workplace 10 Doorways Prize. Let me tell you why we launched the prize. Three main reasons. First, we wanted to recognize companies that have made substantial, measurable progress on their journey to workplace visuality. Two, we wanted to show others, other companies and other people, what is meant when I say a fully functioning visual workplace. And we do that by pinpointing those sites that have achieved it, either completely or substantially, but enough for you to see the remarkable difference. And third, we want to encourage companies, we want to encourage you to see visuality as a system of functionality that is criteria-based and not just as an array of tools or visual solutions or seeing the difference between normality and abnormality. It's so much more than that. Through the Visual Workplace 10 Doorways Prize, our thinking goes anyway, companies and individuals who work in them will come to understand the true scope of workplace visuality, its vast variety, its power, its strategic relevance, and its usefulness for each our own journey. So this is the inaugural year of the prize. 2012 is the very first year we are conferring this award. So when we began our assessment, I want to give you a little background and kind of draw for you what we are looking for. We wanted to qualify candidates and find our winners based on, broadly put, a steady build of visual devices, of visuality, over a period of time that spanned, that these this visuality would span a wide cross-section of the 10 categories of visual functionality represented in these 10 doorways that I've been describing. Namely, robust, highly visual 5S, doorway number one, operator-owned. This is so far beyond neat and clean as to be in another universe. The neat and clean is there only to prepare the surfaces to hold visual information, and then kapunk, we put the visual wear in place. When we do that, when an operator does that and does it in the whole department, you know, works, the whole department works together, suddenly the operators have margin to also see other questions that need to be answered visually, and they put those in place. So we're looking for a robust level of operator-led visuality, even beyond 5S on steroids. We're looking for easy-to-access technical and procedural standards that are accurate, complete, and immediately accessible because they are visual. That's doorway number two. We're looking, now we're coming to doorway number three, for a range of visual displays that capture the vital need to know of supervisors 
and managers, their information deficits, not just dashboards and production scheduling boards, but formats that allow supervisors to make timely value-add decisions in real time and also proceed in their own problem-solving, their own improvement efforts. Why? So that they can get control of their corner of the world. Operators get control of their corner of the world in doorway number one through the visual wear, and supervisors get it, managers, through in doorway number three through visual displays. We spent a whole show on this. You can find it in the roster. Then we go to doorway number four, which is about visual leadership. This is no easy undertaking. You need to have a visual base in place first. There's too much chaos in the environment otherwise. And you look, we look for metrics that are collected not just to show performance or to track it, what I call monitoring results, but also to deploy change, those results. Okay, so we're moving into a break, and I'll see you when we come back. Thank you. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. Are you ready to bring the power of the visual workplace to your company? Gwendolyn Galsworth, visual workplace expert and award-winning author, is available to help you harness and maximize that power. With nearly 30 years of hands-on experience, Dr. Galsworth shows you how through in-house seminars, site assessments, total company conversions, keynotes, coaching, and consulting. Learn about visuality through our books, DVDs, on-demand webinars, visual edge learning packages, and a host of other teaching materials. Enroll in the Visual Lean Institute and get trained and licensed as an instructor or QMI affiliate in any of our nine core visual workplace courses. Keep your visual workplace going and growing. Visit our website at visualworkplace.com to learn more about workplace visuality, our products and services, and when Gwendolyn will be presenting near you. That website again is visualworkplace.com. We hear it and read about it every day in the news. Stock prices plunging, home prices receding, and unemployment growing. How can you preserve and increase your wealth in this kind of economy? Tune in to Turning Hard Times into Good Times with host Jay Taylor. Jay will explain the decline of our monetary system and the economy and will give you winning investment ideas and the tools to protect and increase your wealth. Turning Hard Times into Good Times with Jay Taylor can be heard Tuesdays at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You're listening to The Visual Workplace, work that makes sense with Dr. Gwendolyn Galsworth. If you have a question or comment about today's program, please call 1-866-472-5790. That's toll-free, 1-866-472-5790. Or send an email to radio at visualworkplace.com. Now, back to the program. Hi, welcome back. It's Gwendolyn, and we are walking through the 2012 Visual Workplace 10 Doorways Prize, their winners, and right now I'm explaining how we are judging the prize. So you know what? God gave me a lot of words, a lot of words in my mind and my heart, and I just hope I can get through all of this that I've prepared for you so that you understand the prize, but I also get a chance to describe our good winners. So I'm going to have to motor mouth it. Please excuse me. Here we go. 
We were just talking about the three components of visual leadership, which is metrics that monitor, metrics that drive. They don't just track performance. They actually drive performance. Metri- we were looking for also metrics that are embedded in the problem-solving process, not just to indicate or prove the existence of a problem, Reflect or mirror solving victories, solutions. And I, I think the next show that I do is all on visual metrics. And we're looking for problem solving that is interactive and insistent. A3s, yes, fine, but also a process designed to pinpoint and doggedly stay focused on chronic, costly, complex problems, the kind that require two to three months to wrestle into good cause. That's story number four. In addition, Prize-winning enterprises demonstrate leadership through visual devices, the kind that Doorway 4 is designed to embed and strengthen and recognize the visual deployment piece. You can use houses, pyramids, models, Hoshin Connery, the X-Type Matrix, Operations Roadmap. It doesn't matter which format you use as long as it is strategic, inclusive, integrated, and demonstrates the link between tools and the customer. That's the biggest thing I'm looking for, that there's a link between tools and the customer. So there's a, tr- a tactical focus, by nature very selective and not inclusive, and there's a strategic focus that can be summarized by saying this, we're going to say yes to the few and wait to the many. That's what happens strategically on this level. We also look for standards that executives and managers put into place that require visuality, visual functionality, not in the kinds of devices, but in something like this. There will be visual order. We will have metrics that drive visual metrics. We will have displays that help supervisors with their need to know. That's what I mean by a standard, not telling you what the device will look like, but telling you requiring that functionality to be present. The visual leadership criteria for the 10 doorways prize is a watershed because far too many companies have traded in the responsibility of executives and senior managers for the so-called holy grail of employee empowerment. They've abdicated. Sadly, they see it as an either-or choice, and we're looking for a balance point. And each of our 2012 winners demonstrated demonstrated deep understanding of the balance point between inspired, driven leadership and inspired scientific level, value-add creativity on the associate level. No abdication here. We look for flow, pull, and visual pull. We look for the evidence of flow even if pull is not achieved. Pull is flow under demand. That's what pull is. It is flow under demand. So we look for the flow, for flow in settings that are not yet lean. You don't have to be lean to win this prize or to qualify for a good, uh, assessment. But you have to establish flow because that is one of the gifts of visuality. Visuality will establish flow when pull is out of reach and pull is the beginning, is the end product of flow. We, if we do see a high degree of lean, then we look for robust evidence of flow, pull, and visual pull, not just in Kanban, but in the peripheral visual supports to the flow, to the flow, the consumption, and the pacing of the material and its use. I know that sounds a little bit, oh, I don't know, abstract and wordy, but that actually can exist. Okay, oh, there's so much more to be said about this. 
So we move on to doorway number six. We look for pokey oak and visual guarantees. Here's the question. To what extent does the enterprise show evidence of its understanding of the behavior of attributes? The conversation between attributes versus just chasing down defects, just chasing down defect rates and percentages. To what extent does the physical work environment capture vital information about human error and the minute behaviors that lead to that, that trigger that? Okay? So... We're kind of linking back to this whole idea of illuminating cause that we found in doorway number four when we were talking about metrics. And there's this beautiful synergy in a well-developed visual workplace. We look for these things. Needless to say, one has to have been on site, in person, in the flesh, to grasp the level of visual thinking that is current, that is actual, in active use in a given facility. And I've been to all these plants. If the plant has many machine assets, then we move on to doorway number seven, front and center the visual machine. To what extent are the machines not just neat, clean, and orderly, but do they speak without saying a word? Color-coded gauge warnings, vibrational match marks, distinctions between levers and tools. OEE is important, but for a visual thinker, no more important than an active commitment to turning adjustments into settings. Hmm? Visual machine, visual office, same thing. Evidence of the first six visual outcomes, the first six doorways in the office setting. We look for the way that the plant is woven together through doorway number eight. I'm sorry, doorway number nine, which is your macro team. So, Here are the winners, because I want to get on to describing them. I want to give them their due. Our three 2012 Visual Workplace 10 Doorway Prize recipients are Parker Hannafin in Irvine, California, Royal Nautobahn Trailers in Weekend, Holland, and Delphi Del Tronicos in Matamoros, Mexico. If you are familiar with either or both of these last two plants, Nautobahn Trailers or Deltronicos, then you will know that something else ties them together in addition to powerful levels of visual functionality. Both these plants have been challenged in the past three years, one to the breaking point. But more about that later. So let me describe our first, uh, the first in this list, which is Parker Hannafin in Irvine, California. And I think that you'll be able to see, I hope through my words, the power of this plant, visually speaking. This is an overhaul and repair facility for the aerospace industry. Parker Hannafin had been known always for its smart, even brilliant operational system. It worked with the Simpler Group for a number of years to get its lean house in order, wonderful evidence of flow and pull and smart material consumption. And about 10 years ago, Parker Hannafin in this site started showing up at our public seminars Dozens came and quietly went back to Irvine, and I was wondering what they were doing. They never invited me to come in. But when I took a Shingo Prize there about seven years ago, two or three years later, after they started showing up, I was blown away by the depth of application. I've been there four or five times since, and the plant just gets smarter and smarter. The smartness I'm talking about is nearly undefinable. In fact, for those who are not looking for it, it will almost be unnoticeable. One might just say it like this. Oh, this is a happy plant. This is a happy plant. 
<laughs> and it is. But that happiness is grounded in a joint sense of purpose and direction that has been carefully cultivated by intention, by design. It didn't happen by accident. And when it does happen, that cultivation is part of the corporate intent. That is to say, it is led. And the leader in this case is a remarkable gentleman gentleman named Kurt Williams. He has the qualities of what I call a barracuda leader. This is kind of a part of my new book on visual leadership. Bad name, maybe it is. I'm searching for a better one. Please give me your ideas. But right now, we're going to call it a barracuda leader. A barracuda leader is such a nice person on the outside, sunny and positive, smiley, energetic, without being pushy. This is Kurt. But on the inside, he's always looking for lunch. He's always looking for lunch. He's hyper-vigilant. He's ready to spring on the next improvement opportunity, the next problem. Lunch. This is Kurt. He brought visual in because he wanted to go further. He had trained his workforce to take control of their corner of the world through lean, but they wanted more. And Kurt was like a thoroughbred, racing with other thoroughbreds, his workforce, his direct reports, his indirect reports. They did it. They did it for the wind in their hair. They did it to feel the lengthening of their limbs as they raced. This is lunch for an improvement master. And Kurt cultivated a whole workforce of improvement masters. The hunt for improvement. Lunch. That was Kurt's nature and his appetite he taught others. The visuals that sprang up were both local in nature and weird, so particular. No cookie cutter thinking here. Local applications that took care of local irregularities. The kind I never saw before in any plant of this kind. Overhaul and repair. Homegrown, robust, bursting. Bursting with happiness. <laughs> the happiness of intent satisfied. This isn't a TV show show I cannot show you. But you would know there was something dazzlingly special about this Parker Hannifin production floor if you stood on it even with your eyes closed. If you did, you would feel the nearly subtle presence of consciousness. Consciousness, a deeply connected facility that knew itself. My congratulations to Parker Hannifin. My congratulations to Kurt Williams. You are and your plant is an inspiration to us all. You have shown us the way. You are a visual showcase and you are one of the three 2012 Visual Workplace 10 Doorway Prize recipients. I congratulate you. And by the way, they also did some really cool application in offices, especially in purchasing and in their quote process. You see the principles of visuality everywhere, everywhere. Okay, so that's our prize winner number one. We're going to go on to now our prize winner number two, Royal Nautabom Trailers and Weekend in the Netherlands. Royal Nautabom Trailers, well, I got a call one spring morning about, I think it was 1999 or 2000. It was from Holland. And who was on the other line? Man with a charming accent, his name is Hank Nottebaum. Hank Nottebaum calling. 
He was in his limo being driven home after a long day at the plant, a plant that he inherited from his father and his father from his father before him. Privately held. This company is privately held and it was seeded by a single invention that Grandpa Nautabom created. A steerable trailer. Meaning that the trailer had back wheels that would pivot so the driver could make the corner, could make a corner without taking out the buildings on either side or the cars that were parked around them. This was a breakthrough. This enabled the trucking and carrier industry in Europe to cart its get, uh, its goods, pardon me, <laughs> I'm getting all excited, <laughs> to cart its goods through the very narrow curvy roadways that populate the continent. Business boomed for the trucking industry, the carrier industry, and it boomed for World Nautabom trailers. And in fact, the Royal came from the Queen of Holland, the Queen of the Netherlands, I think her name is Wilhelmina, after World Nautabom, after Nautabom trailers had served the Dutch people for a hundred years and proved itself to be reliable and honest. Bless you, bless you, said she. You are now one of my royal purveyors. Quite a distinction. And they're very, very proud of it. So there's about 300 people working in this plant. 200 on the line and about another 100 in support and purchasing and engineering and the various other functions. When Hank called, he said he wanted to take his company further. And even though he was speaking in very good English, I got a little bit confused because he started talking about cows <laughs> and the dairy industry and how the dairy industry in Holland had gone through breakthroughs that put it into the 20th century, the 21st century. And he said that he wanted to see the same thing happen in his company. There was a growing demand, but he knew something needed to change. He wanted it for his industry. He wanted it for his company. He felt it was possible. And you also find this as well in these Barracuda leaders. They feel things and then they later find thoughts and words and reasons for it. He knew there was something. He felt there was something he could do. But he didn't know exactly what he called because he found me in the footnote of a book written by a friend of mine, Michelle Greff, wrote a book called... Uh, the visual factory back in the 1980s. And I was a little footnote. He called and he, he invited me to come over and start a visual conversion. So we're going to pick this up. We're going into a break right now. I'll finish the story of Nautabom trailers and we will uh, start describing what we see there. Okay? I'll see you in a minute. Thanks. From the boardroom to you. Voice America Business Network. Entrepreneurial Insights is your weekly excursion into the world of business ownership. Presented by Sunbelt Business Brokers, the leading business brokerage and intermediary firm in the world, Entrepreneurial Insights will examine critical issues that impact both existing and prospective business owners. If you own or want to own a small business, listen for Entrepreneurial Insights with John Davies, Pino Boccinello, and Matt Ottaway. Fridays at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Are you ready to bring the power of the visual workplace to your company? Gwendolyn Galsworth, visual workplace expert and award-winning author, is available to help you harness and maximize that power. 
With nearly 30 years of hands-on experience, Dr. Galsworth shows you how through in-house seminars, site assessments, total company conversions, keynotes, coaching, and consulting. Learn about visuality through our books, DVDs, on-demand webinars, visual edge learning packages, and a host of other teaching materials. Enroll in the Visual Lean Institute and get trained and licensed as an instructor or QMI affiliate in any of our nine core visual workplace courses. Keep your visual workplace going and growing. Visit our website at visualworkplace.com to learn more about workplace visuality, our products and services, and when Gwendolyn will be presenting near you. That website again is visualworkplace.com. Voice America Business Network, the bottom line in business. You're listening to The Visual Workplace, work that makes sense with Dr. Gwendolyn Galsworth. If you have a question or comment about today's program, please call 1-866-472-5790. That's toll-free, 1-866-472-5790 or send an email to radio at visualworkplace.com. Now, back to the program. Hi, this is Gwendolyn, Gwendolyn Galsworth, and welcome back. If you've just tuned in, we're in the midst of conferring our 2012 Visual Workplace 10 Doorways Award to three remarkable companies. I've just finished my description of Parker Hannafin and Irvine, California, which under the leadership of Kurt Williams brought an already lean and quite dazzlingly lean uh, production floor into a visual lean environment, became visual and highly functional, deep, deep visuality designed to task wonderful connecting visual displays that allowed the departments to talk to each other and a wonderful vitality that allowed the whole production system to refresh itself. I mean, they did amazing, amazing thinking, amazing visual thinking. And now we've moved on to Royal Nottebaum Trailers in Weekend, which is in Holland. And I was uh, explaining that I was invited to come over to start a visual conversion. And one of the challenges that we faced was that the environment, the work environment within this company was an artisan's or a craftsman orientation. Basically, for example, welders would decide day by day where they were going to locate the next well point. It was kind of an artistic decision. And that was the way the company had grown up from being a small grandpa place to kind of growing, growing, growing. And people came because they had high levels of skill and experience, and they made these decisions based on their experience. There was no standard work, and there was no opportunity to put standard work in place at that stage. Wisely, Hank Nottebaum, in his intuition, knew that he had to begin with a more global or uh, 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 framework Approach and he chose visuality, operator led visuality, doorway number one. He needed to prepare the environment for more radical changes. It was a really good call. He knew he had to address the culture first. That visual can create tremendous bottom line benefits, but it is also an excellent way to groom the culture for more radical changes that the business template or the financial model requires. So it was a very good call. We start, started with doorway number one, operator led visuality at the time. It was called 5S plus 1, 
That was in the year 2000. And then it, it evolved into something much, much more. During that time, and that was about a two to three year period, we also introduced visual displays to help the harried Nautobomb supervisor find his way through the changes of this company that was in uh, transition and get on an improvement track. That was also a big transition for these supervisors who had a kind of very um, tunnel vision about what their work was. Expedite material, expedite material, make sure that work happens, you know, kind of traditional. The supervisors began to also make the transition into the new excellence, the new manufacturing. But the thing is that the benefits of the visual transformation that was happening through these two doorways, doorway number one, doorway number two, supervisors and value-add associates, did not impact the bottom line. And Hank Nottebaum asked me why one day when we were standing on the parapet, the balcony that overlooked the full shop floor. And I said to him, Hank, there's too much noise in your macro system on the macro level. Visual exists on a microtransactional level. You won't get the money from it if you do not also address the macro level. If there's noise on the macro level, and there was, there was no production system above it, any of the benefits that visual gives you will be eaten up by that noise, the level of the big flow. So I said, Hank, you need lean. So three years into the conversion, I used to fly out about once a quarter, did a lot of things long distance, working with Roy Coopers and Hank Hopp. They were both visual, sequentially visual workplace coordinators. I said, now it's time. Let's, let's take a break and pull, bring in the principles of pull into this equation. And a U.S. consulting group was invited to come in and they did their lean 101, but somehow never took it to a strategic level. And on top of that, they dropped visual. I was appalled. Two years later, as the company was kind of overrun with Kaizen blitzes and no way to absorb it and no way to anchor the um, the solutions in a visual framework, I was invited to come back and kind of resuscitate both the visuality and realign the principles of lean so that these two could become powerful integrated partners and the corporation would finally start making money off of its transformation. About that time, Hank Nottebaum retired, and after some intervening commotion, a gentleman named Mark DeLoe took over as GM. I will definitely do a whole show on Nottebaum trailers one of these times because there's so much learning, so many treasures to mine, an excellent company. But for right now, let me just say the journey had some hiccups. And so we began to open other doorways. We revisited visual displays, doorway number three. I, I called it two before, but it's doorway number three. We reapplied standard work with a vengeance, and then we embedded the chunks into the landscape of work through visual devices. So you do your first cut standard work, your second cut standard work, your third cut standard work, but you embed it visually all along the way because we're humans. We forget. We forget that we forgot. Standard work is absolutely fundamental to the progress of a plant, to the attack of waste, and you have to use visuality to embed it. And we began to work with visual metrics, visual problem solving, which was very, very important 
the engineering department, even though they didn't want to, were releasing 70, on average, 78 engineering change notices, ECNs, per week. Yikes. A lot of work to do there and wonderful work that they took on. Think about, I notice about the European plants is that they are very intellectually vigorous. Their learning is without barrier. They want to absorb the intellectual content of methodologies, not just make things happen quickly, but have them happen deep and because they understand. And then we shifted to visual deployment, Hoshin. Mark was a gifted is a gifted leader. He himself, though, needed to go through a conversion of his thinking and, uh, let's say, a refurbishment of his leadership style. Hmm? His direct report and the visual workplace coordinator at that time, Roy Creepers, worked shoulder to shoulder with Mark as Mark developed first what's called a business systems template, which led him to an X-type matrix, which read, led them to uh, a roadmap, operations roadmap on the shop floor. This was a lengthening process. What I mean by that is the enterprise really stretched to reach those goals, that horizon. This was a stretch. The organization was learning. It was mom and pop when I arrived, and it learned to be pretty much a world-class organization. I was so impressed. Making the shift from privately held craftsman manufacturing to the new excellence. The infrastructure got sturdier and sturdier. A group of value-add associates who are part of the model that I teach volunteered to assist the rollout, to help in the strategic direction, and still complete their responsibilities on the line. We created a visual lean template for accelerating the conversion of integrated visual and lean across the 12 to 15 production lines. The doorways just opened, opened, opened. Visual soars. The visuals soared. They were everywhere. Connecting the plan on a macro level, doorway number eight, and still embedding the most minute operational details into the landscape of work on the area and department level. And all this while, the market kept growing. So much so that Hank and Mark opened a factory in Romania. And then it happened. (laughs) Who knew? China took over. China began to suck up all the raw material. And the company was once again challenged. And then the economic crisis hit in Romania, in Holland, and worldwide. So, Nautabom trailers reached a very high functional level of integrated visuality across six of the ten doorways. It had systematically applied the principles and practices of robust visuality. It is a deserving recipient of our first Visual Workplace Ten Doorways Award. I congratulate Hank Nautabom. I congratulate Mark DeLoe, I congratulate Roy and Jan and Jan and Hank and Hank and Frank and everybody. Fabulous, fabulous visuality. Hmm? Our second winner. Very exciting. So now we'll move on to our third winner. Our third winner, I'm so proud to say this, is Delphi Deltronicos in Matamoros, Mexico. Delphi, Delphi. I have been a fan of that corporation for the last 30 years. I knew it when it was Packard Electric and had been schooled by Sumitomo. 
Sumitomo is this great um, electrics, uh, electronics uh, corporation in Japan. And Sumitomo came over in the 70s and 80s and groomed Packard Electric. Packard Electric, I'm, I beg your pardon, it isn't Packard Electric, it's Parker Electric. Parker Electric in Warren, Ohio. In fact, I dedicated my first visual workplace book, Visual Systems, Harnessing the Power of the Visual Workplace, to the guy who was in charge of improvement at Parker Electric, and his name is John Croft. That's when I began my visual work. I fell in love with his approach, with his results. I was hooked. That was very, very, many, many years ago, decades ago. Later, I developed a terrific connection with Jim Walker, the first head of Packard's, uh, Parker's, I beg your pardon, Parker's Mexican division. So, in um, um, Parker was a supplier to GM, and then in, I think it was 1999, Parker uh, became Delphi and became a totally independent company. And in 2005, it was called Delphi then, Delphi Automotive, Delphi Filed Chapter 11. And it struggled. It struggled for four or five years. And the plant that I'm honoring today was acquired uh, recently in the last two years by Autoleave. So uh, we're going, moving into a break now. And I will finish the description of this honorable plant after we come back. And I hope you join me in tracking its considerable successes. I love this plan. I love the people in it. Wow. See you in a minute. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. Are you ready to bring the power of the visual workplace to your company? Gwendolyn Galsworth, visual workplace expert and award-winning author, is available to help you harness and maximize that power. With nearly 30 years of hands-on experience, Dr. Galsworth shows you how through in-house seminars, site assessments, total company conversions, keynotes, coaching, and consulting. Learn about visuality through our books, DVDs, on-demand webinars, visual edge learning packages, and a host of other teaching materials. Enroll in the Visual Lean Institute and get trained and licensed as an instructor or QMI affiliate in any of our nine core visual workplace courses. Keep your visual workplace going and growing. Visit our website at visualworkplace.com to learn more about workplace visuality, our products and services, and when Gwendolyn will be presenting near you. That website again is visualworkplace.com. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You're listening to The Visual Workplace, work that makes sense with Dr. Gwendolyn Galsworth. If you have a question or comment about today's program, please call 1-866-472-5790. That's toll-free, 1-866-472-5790 or send an email to radio at visualworkplace.com. Now, back to the program. Hi, it's Gwendolyn. I've been thinking about so many things during this break. One of the things I have to surface, which is kind of a whisper uh, amongst you, I can hear you now, is why am I not showing you pictures of these plants? Well, I, I am 
going to. I have to kind of put them together in case studies so that they make sense, so that you can see the integration. That's what my books are for, to discuss them as whole pieces, and that's what our webinars are for and our PowerPoint presentations. Because I do want you to see not the individual devices, but the thinking behind them and the drive to create an integrated operational system using visuality to both anchor and also surface the intelligence that 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 production system represents so i know i know if this were tv we could go through it and we could have a whole series it would be like a masterpiece theater for the visual workplace we'd do downton labby uh, downton abbey uh, for these three plants <laughs> the soap opera <laughs> So let me get back to Deltronicos. Deltronicos had a very gifted leader. His name is J.T. Battenberg. And Battenberg, who was chairman, CEO, and president, had this, uh, you know, star, star background. He was uh, groomed for this role. And he made Delphi great. Now, he did some things that were questionable that kind of make it, made it, made it shaky and basically, uh, the corporation uh, has, has had difficulties over the last uh, three and four years, to say the least. But we're talking about 60 to 70 plants. We're talking about 50,000 employees, 19 countries, $8 billion in, scale, in sales the last time I looked. It was an amazing chain of plants. And what Battenberg did, which this plant, Deltronico's represented, is that Battenberg provided a template for excellence that was driven by waste reduction, and each plant in its way adopted it. In this particular plant, 1,500 employees, 35,000 high-end radios per week was a happy, happy plant, and it worked under the inspired leadership of Armando Botti. This plant drove an aggressive operational waste reduction strategy that Battenberg initiated, but they took on as their own, and they did it to the point of being unassailable. You walk that floor, and you would see highly visual quality systems, both for segregating defects, questionable outputs, but also for ensuring that quality was built in. You would see innovative, complete, and on-sells, 12 station cells with each station with a set of laminated cards in many colors. When you discovered a problem, you flipped the card on, on your station to the right category, materials out, defects discovered, work order discrepancy, wrong parts, whatever. You would go over to the stack light and flip it to the right color. It was amazing. Every system was done with such thoroughness and such deep scientific thinking, systematic thinking, as to be breathtaking. Interruptions, which cost us 8 to 10 minutes to recover from, however long or short they may be, were at a minimum in cells like this. Because the tech would come over and the operator could continue working in this andon cell while the tech was giving his support. He didn't have to stop. He, the problem was communicated through these color-coded cards and also through the andon. Fantastic. Or the combo production card, uh, um, uh, production boards. 
and the pie chart visual displays that allowed you to see at a glance what two pages of computer printouts would tell you if you knew how to find them and if you could then read them. What parts are being made on which of 22 machines, which machines are available, which are down for preventive maintenance, for changeover or whatever, at a glance or visual metrics that drove improvement on a 30-person assembly line by tracking every single defect seconds after it was discovered in process on a board that the supervisor maintained that was segmented by defect, a grid, six cells high, six cells high, and eight cells across. This was the work of a, a wonderful woman named Segura Garza who refused the, the position of plant manager in another Delphi plant because she said, you know what, I'm the quality manager, but there's still more I need to understand about quality, and I want to go back to my lab. I want to stay in this plant. And she went back to the line, still retaining her position as head of quality, and set up this board that dug deep into the causal chain in real time, creating visual metrics that drive, that drive. I like to call her, I like, I, I like to say Segura Garza. She is king of the world. She was fabulous and she is fabulous. What a shining intellect. You know, the thing about all of these plants is that the people who were there are not there, as Taichi Ono said, to work. They're there to think. And they are such great thinkers that it gives them pleasure. And it is the plant that has taught them to think, that has given them a framework of thinking. Mm-hmm. I saw hazmat cabinets in that plant where there were five, six, seven principles of a smart placement embedded. I saw a warehouse that had three hours of inventory and the deep application of the smart placement principle called store things, not air. They squeezed the air out of everything. They used air as an asset. Negative air, if it wasn't making a contribution. Positive air, if it had a function other than just being air. It took me a while to figure out what was going on there and what that was, how that worked. Deltronicos, yeah, I know they've been acquired by Autoleave. And I will tell you this, Autoleave has acquired a world-class plant. They were already at a showcase level. Robust, multi-level visuality, intimately integrated with LEED. Hooray and congratulations. This year's third recipient of the Visual Workplace 10 Doorways Prize. It is an honor to honor you. And it is an honor to honor Parker Hannafin in Irvine, California, Royal Nautobahm Trailers in Week in Holland. You are an inspiration to us all. We are honored and honoring you. So that is our award show for 2012. Let's see what happens next. Let's see what happens in this next year as visuality is embraced by many, many more companies who want to do it thoroughly, who want to get the business benefit, the cultural benefit, and the pure joy of using a new language at work, one that makes sense, that takes a struggle out of work. I'm really thrilled to present this to you and thrilled to have you listening. Let's see what happens next. So this is Gwendolyn Galsworth, and I'm signing off, and I'll see you, talk to you again very, very soon. Thank you. 
We appreciate your joining us this week for The Visual Workplace, work that makes sense. Please tune in for another episode next Tuesday at 7 p.m. Eastern Time, 4 p.m. Pacific, featuring your host, Dr. Gwendolyn Galsworth, on the Voice America Business Channel. Thanks again for listening.